You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. Hey there, today we're talking about the biggest hurdles to decluttering, but don't worry, I'm also going to toss you some resources and tips to make those hurdles a thing of the past. Let's be honest, it's not always as simple as just decluttering. There are layers of other things, thoughts, situations happening in the background that we're having to wade through. My goal today is to make the waters a little less murky. Let's dive in. Number one is emotional attachment. Letting go of items with emotional value can be one of the hardest parts of decluttering. We often associate objects with memories or people or special moments, which can make them feel irreplaceable. However, it's important to understand that if everything is sentimental, nothing is sentimental. So if you find yourself over-identifying with so many things, then it might be time to exercise a little self-awareness and rein that back in. For those items that truly are sentimental though, check out my video, Five Tiny Ways to Make Letting Go Easier. You'll find some methods of both storing and decluttering and really using alternative methods for items that are sentimental. Number two is overwhelm. The sheer volume of decisions and tasks involved in decluttering can be overwhelming. Confronted with piles of items just to sort through, it's easy to feel paralyzed on where to start and what to do with each individual item. This sense of overwhelm can even lead to procrastination or abandoning the entire decluttering process altogether. The solution here is micro actions and determining your next right step. I shared last week that learning to take the next right step is crucial to simplifying your life as a whole. We often see the glaring project as a whole and it feels intimidating, it feels so big, but everything can be broken down into its smallest parts. So make it your goal to find the smallest action forward and take the next right step to achieve it. You can see my video on how to simplify your life in 2024 to learn how to identify your next right step. Number three is lack of time or too busy. We're all basically busy, but sometimes more than others. I can say that while I do feel busy a lot of the time, I also have periods of downtime where I get to refocus and rest and catch up. You can check out my video on tiny ways to declutter faster without even trying, which shows methods of organic decluttering if you're not sure what that is. But self-awareness comes into play with understanding and planning around your energy levels and also learning when to say no because overcommitting can lead to its own layers of clutter. Number four is fear of letting go. Have you ever experienced that? Worry that you're gonna regret tossing something out. Like we have all kinds of fears when it comes to clutter. Fear of the future, what if I need it someday? We have fear of letting go of the past or losing memories. Fear of offending someone if we declutter their gift. We even have fear of wasting something that we spent money on. So really the only solution to fear is action. Action is the antidote to fear. Everyone is afraid to swim until they've been in the water a few times. So let go of a few things to build your self-efficacy in the realm of decluttering just to prove that you can. And with each little proof, you're going to find that you have more confidence and that you're less afraid of letting go of future things. Number five, perfectionism. Aiming for perfection can be paralyzing in its own right. You see the whole place and you want it all done now. A completionist, right? I won't be satisfied clearing a few items and still seeing that the project isn't totally complete. I got you. 
The goal here is to change the container of your perfectionist focus. You already know the sayings, progress over perfection, or nothing is perfect. But sayings aren't going to change your perfectionist tendencies. If they haven't by this point, then they're probably not going to. So instead, allow those tendencies to do what they do best, but give them a smaller container to fixate on. The office desk in the bedroom, for example, rather than the entire bedroom. How can you make that office desk look just like the sweet office desk that you've always envisioned? How can you line up and separate the cords into neat rows? How can you make it the best that it could possibly be and make that the new project? And then you can move on to another section of the bedroom. So don't think of it as taking one big project and breaking it down. Completely refocus the direction to a smaller container. Number six is shopping habits because shopping can be a thrill, but it can also lead to a lot of clutter. Even if you become amazing at decluttering, it's not gonna matter if you're bringing in new things just as fast. You can check out my video on getting started with minimalism in 2024. Obviously it's a newer video to learn more about the methods of bringing in less. Number seven is limiting beliefs. I would say more often than not, it's our beliefs that are holding us back. Beliefs about what we're capable of maintaining inside of our space. Beliefs about us, like the type of disorganized person we are. Beliefs and self-efficacy have been shown to be groundbreaking in bringing on any kind of change and altering bad habits. You can check out my video to go much deeper into this on what psychologists know about your clutter that you don't. And I also have a blog post on overcoming limiting beliefs that I'll try to remember to link down in the description. Rest assured, it can be done. Having negative or crappy beliefs in one area isn't a death sentence to that area of your life. Number eight is a lack of systems. Systems are just huge in getting anything done and maintaining, whether it's your home or being productive in your life or just growing as a human. Having good systems is even more important than having appropriate goals. I mean, they're both important, but you're gonna have trouble achieving your goals if you don't have good solid systems in place. And when it comes to your home without a place for everything, everything's out of place. And without a system to maintain things, nothing will ever change. Systems are like the engine that keeps everything moving smoothly. Nothing is ever a one and done, if you haven't discovered yet. You can't just declutter your entire house once and done, never need to do that again. And that's why systems are so important. So invest time into creating simple systems regarding where things go, how they're stored, and who does what. You can use tools like labels, storage bins, calendars, and reminders to keep these systems functioning smoothly. Number nine is physical and mental health. There's no denying that health issues, whether it's physical or mental, can significantly impact your ability to declutter and to maintain an organized space. I mean, not that it's impossible by any means, but sometimes you might have to make certain accommodations or do things in a way that works especially for you. Physical limitations may make the task physically demanding, while mental health challenges like depression or anxiety can just drain your motivation and your energy. And this can create a vicious cycle where clutter exacerbates the health issues, which in turn makes decluttering even more challenging. So it's important to approach decluttering with compassion and understanding toward whatever your limitations are, first of all. A limitation doesn't mean that you're broken or that you're incapable. It just means that you need to make your own accommodations like we all do. This may mean breaking tasks into even smaller, more manageable steps than usual and making sure that you're celebrating the completion of those tiny tasks to maintain a sense of accomplishment. Reaping some kind of reward is important for building that self-efficacy, which we've already talked about is just crucial and making changes and sustaining any kind of growth. 
If physical movement is a challenge, focus on areas that are easy to reach or enlist help from friends, family, or even hired help. I'm a huge fan of delegating. Even though I don't have very many limitations at the moment, I still delegate when at all possible because I respect my time and energy that much. So if you have the ability to delegate, then by all means, you should be looking into that. For those dealing with mental health challenges, it can be helpful to work in short bursts of time or to rely solely on organic decluttering to avoid that overwhelm. On the plus side, creating peaceful and structured environments can also have therapeutic effects, gradually improving your mental state and also making it easier to physically maneuver around your space. Of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention number 10, which is family dynamics. Basically, when everyone's not on the same decluttering page, it's tricky and sometimes it's downright frustrating. I do have a video on how to get your significant other on board with minimalism, and that really works for most relationships and decluttering, so not just spouses and not just minimalism. So I recommend that you check that out if this is an area where you struggle, but in general, it can be really helpful to find a common ground and to set shared goals with whoever you're sharing a space with, because if you can both get on the same page, well, that's going to remove a ton of the friction. You might even want to consider making it a challenge or adding a little bit of gamification to the decluttering mix. And if you missed it last week, I did chat about 25 ways to gamify decluttering, so go grab yourself some ideas and try a few of those out. Number 11 is simply lack of motivation. Finding the drive to start can be hard, and picking back up the drive to start once you've already started can sometimes be even harder, especially if there's no immediate incentive or pressing need. The lack of motivation can start to make the process feel like an uphill battle and make procrastination feel that much sweeter. Sometimes the sheer scale of a task can make it hard to see the potential benefits. But here's the thing, action breeds clarity and clarity breeds inspiration. So if you're wanting to get motivated and get excited about finishing a project, there are two types of actions that you can take to blow the lid off of this low motivation. One is to create a solid plan. And I personally think that artistic colors and checkboxes are a total plus. If you can make it visually and creatively intriguing to create this plan, you're more likely to stick to it and enjoy the process. And then just start to tick things off of that plan. Start to take small inspired actions to build the momentum. If you want some lists that are already pre-made for you, then you can go check out my free resource library where I have several lists of like 100 plus items for decluttering. And I also have some systems and strategies and all different kinds of things. You can see that at miadanielle.com forward slash freebies. And I also have it linked down in the description. And number 12 is external pressure. And if you think that you are not somebody who was ever pressured by society or cultural standards, we all are. We all are influenced by some level of marketing or, you know, having a conversation with people or seeing somebody use something that catches your attention, fear of missing out. All of these things are kind of human being quirks that just come with the territory. But it's worth noting that society often does nudge us to own more. Not that you should never buy anything or that selling is bad or any of that, but it's important that you know what your goals are and that you stay true to those goals and your values. This pressure and fear of missing out on the next new exciting thing can lead to acquiring things that you don't truly need or even want and often just contribute to the clutter because you end up not using it. And truly the only solution to external pressures is an internal focus, i.e. mindfulness. Get clear on what it is that you want and why you want it. Practice shifting your attention to things that don't involve advertisements, like, for example, read a book or avoid social media. When you're doing work, focus on doing work using platforms that don't promote or that don't showcase things that you're going to be tempted by. 
you can still live a functional life, even a digital functional life, without being tempted. Remember, it's all about small steps and staying true to what works for you, whether that is giving a fond farewell to sentimental knickknacks or resisting the latest sale at the mall, like every little action counts. Here's to creating a space that reflects the best version of you. 